0: I'm Mike Brady, and this is the PowerCast. All right, so let's jump back into Chapter 6 of the NFPA 70B this morning. We started on it yesterday in Episode uh, 17, and we kind of gave you uh, just a brief introduction of uh, planning and developing an electrical preventative maintenance program. So I'll just summarize right here what we learned in the first part of Chapter 6. Uh, first off, the why behind the program, right? Right. Why do we want to start a preventative maintenance program? It boils down to the simple answer of reducing the hazard to life and property resulting from failure or malfunction of electrical systems and equipment. And, and that verbiage that I just uh, said is straight out of the NFPA 70B chapter six. That, that's, that's the reason, right? Uh, but what's the bottom line? Well, the bottom line is it increases the safety and reliability of your site and prolongs the life of the equipment. Uh, Next, we covered the starting of the uh, getting started with the program, right? What do we need to make sure uh, we get off to a good start? Uh, Well, there's four components. One, we need to gather and compile a list of all the electrical assets and equipment. Number two, make a determination of which items are most critical. Number three, create a system that is easy for monitoring. And number four, determine the people you need to rely on for the program whether or not it's internal or external, right? We need to identify those people. Um, and I also want to emphasize and stress the importance of choosing one person um, to just really champion that program, right? Uh, somebody that, that uh, really takes that on and spearheads it and just drives it forward. And then also the importance of you guys, uh, you know, just supporting that person in everything they're doing. So, uh, And then finally, we talked about what information... Uh, You need to gather, uh, you know, where it needs to be stored uh, and section 6.1.5 lists it out, right? Along with the person that's heading up this effort, the information that needs to be located and stored in one central location. um, So it's easy to access and uh, call on if you need it, right? Uh, The location should include the following, and this list is kind of uh, from chapter 6.1.5. Copies of the inspection and testing procedures for each area all past reports, any electrical single line drawings, equipment schematics, records of complete nameplate data, vendors catalogs, facility stores catalogs, and extra copies of blank forms. So that's kind of what we covered yesterday. And uh, now we'll just kind of dive into the next part of chapter six, right? Um, We're going to talk specifically about the survey of an electrical installation so first we need to determine whether or not the electrical installation survey can be done as a whole or will it need to be split into different segments based on the size and and, and the time uh, you know uh, allocated to it and if so if you do need to split it up then uh you know making sure that we prioritize um each segment as they relate to one another right that's a, that's a critical component so um Basically, you know, taking stock of of what needs to be surveyed and then figuring out: Do I want to tackle all of this at once, or do I want to split it up into segments and then prioritize based on their relation to each other? So, um, th- th- an example of that, right? Uh, maybe you've got 12 substations, and um, you decide, okay, well, I'm just going to do the uh, the 480 volt sides. Of each substation, or maybe you just say I'm gonna do substation one and two today, um, and this week, and then substation three and four next week. So it, it just kind of all uh, d- it depends on on your your workload and and your ability to prioritize. Right. Um, the next step is gonna be the most time consuming, and this is why prioritizing and then separating them out into different segments might be a, a, the best way to go. But The next step's going to be, you know, it's going to require probably multiple people to gather the documentation that's needed. And so what what I'll do is I'll just read chapter 6.2.1.3, right? Uh, So it states, "...the third step should be assembling of all documentation. This might necessitate a search of desks, cabinets, computers, and such, and also might require the manufacturers to be contacted to replace lost documents." I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a nightmare. And you know what? It absolutely can be. So let me just repeat that real quick. Uh, It might necessitate a search of desks, cabinets, computers, and such, and might require the manufacturers be contacted to replace lost documents. All documents should be centralized, controlled, and maintained. And, uh, you know, everybody knows what happens. Somebody new comes in to take over the building, and they can't find all that information, and it has to be recreated, and it becomes a mess. So uh, the documentation should include recommended practices and procedures for all or some of the following. Uh, these, are the, these are the seven items. Installation, uh, disassembly and assembly, interconnections, wiring, diagrams, schematics, bill of materials, operation setup and adjustment maintenance including parts lists and recommended spares uh software programs if applicable and uh troubleshooting so those are the seven items right um and i'll just i'll go ahead and and read through that chapter 6.2.1.3 again just so we uh kind of get a real good understanding this is basically you guys assembling all of this documentation that, that is going to be found probably all over your facility, right? In, um, in, in different offices, whether it's the compliance office or the safety office or the facilities office or down in the basement. Uh, you know, it's, they're just kind of uh, all of these things spread out everywhere. So the goal is to just kind of gather all of them, put them in one central location to keep them together. Um, so here it goes. Uh, the third step should be assembling of all documentation. This might necessitate a search of desks, cabinets, computers, and such. And it might also require that manufacturers be contacted to replace some uh, lost documents. All documents should be centralized, controlled, and maintained. The documentation should include recommended practices and procedures for some of the following. And then I'll, I'll, I'll list them all, uh, in the show notes so you guys can see that. But it's installation, disassembly and assembly, interconnections, wiring diagrams, schematics and bill of materials, operation, setup and adjustment, maintenance, uh, including parts and lists of recommended repairs or, or recommended spares, sorry, and software programs and then troubleshooting. So I can't stress enough the importance of this step taking a little bit of time to do the legwork on the front end can save you potentially quite a bit of money on the back end. So I've seen it time and time again where we've had to go into a site and recreate drawings or complete tests because we we just don't know the history of a, a certain piece of equipment or items, right? Uh, so this definitely is costly uh, to your sites, and we want to work to minimize that as much as possible. Uh, if you are interested in having CCPS, our company, help you with this part of the process, this is absolutely something we can do. Uh, just send me a quick note at mike at ccps.com, and I can arrange to have one of our team members make it out to your site and make that happen for you. So. Next time, what we're going to do is cover, uh, continue to go into Chapter 6 and cover and talk more about the diagrams um, and the drawings, as well as the emergency procedures, controls, and monitoring, uh, test and maintenance equipment, and the identification of critical equipment. So, uh, we're going to really just start to deep dive into the NFPA 70B. Um, as well as the NFPA 70E and uh, NFPA 110, just so we can really get a a real good understanding of um, uh, all of these NFPA um, uh, guidelines. So uh, if you've got any questions at all, or if you want to give me some feedback or uh, get in contact with me for any reason at all, please feel free to reach out to me at mike at ccpspower.com. Or you can uh, find me on LinkedIn at, uh, linkedin.com slash IN slash critical power pro, or you can send me an audio message here on the anchor app. And, uh, that's a pretty cool thing. If you download the anchor app on your phone, um, and subscribe to the podcast, uh, and, uh, You can uh, then just shoot me a quick audio message and I can, uh, uh, you know, and if it's a question or something, I could even use it in an episode and and answer it for you. So anyways, uh, that's all for today. We hope you guys have a great day. Be safe out there. And uh, thanks for listening to the PowerCast. Thanks for listening to the PowerCast by CCPS. I'm Mike Brady.